0: Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day to all of you moms here and all of you moms watching online. What a special day Mom's Day is. I know for me, at least, my kids try to get along and not fight with each other, which is always, you know, a plus. Um, Maybe not so much when they were little, but now they have that option and that choice. And I cook every meal. Now, you all know my husband very well, and you know that he's good at almost everything. It actually drives me crazy because I'm a runner— and I'll run, and he won't run for years, and he'll go out running with me, and he'll still beat me. I mean, he's good at everything. But I'm sorry, honey, I'm going to have to throw you under the bus this morning because cooking is not one of them. <laughs> so he cannot cook to save his life, so when I'm gone, the kids get excited because they know we're going to McDonald's or ordering pizza. So he takes me out on Mother's Day, and it's quite the treat, so I don't have to cook. So. Anyway, um, in honor of Mother's Day, we're going to start out a little bit different this morning. In honor of Mother's Day, I'm going to share a list of questions with you. And if you're a mom, you're going to be shaking your head yes, because you're going to be able to relate to some of these questions. So here's just a few that you're probably asked on a daily basis from your children. Mom, what time is it? Mom, where are my clean jeans? Mom, what's for dinner? Mom, can I have a snack? Mom, do I have to take a bath? Mom, where are we going? Mom, do I have to go to bed? Mom, why? (laughs) And any mother in here knows that your children go through a phase where they ask this very question over and over and over in a very short period of time. Why, why, why? Mom? Can I have a soda? Mom, will you help me make my bed? Hey, mom, can we go get ice cream? Mom, where's my doll? Mom, will you wipe my, you fill in the blank. (laughs) Mom, will you help me put my socks on? Hey, mom, is this the right foot? Mom, will you read me a book? Mom, can I watch this movie? Hey, mom, come tuck me in. Mom, I need a drink of water. Mom. Do I have to do my homework? And the list could go on, right? We are called mom multiple times throughout the day, and we answer all these questions, and we've always got the answer for it. I also have a list of questions that I found that kids ask their father. Yep, you're laughing, because you know there is one. And this very question is, dad, where is mom? You dads get off easy, I'm telling you. There was one day, we lived here in Green Bay, so it was in the last few years. One of my children called me. Now, my kids call me a lot when I'm not home and ask me certain questions. However, I'm not going to, like, throw this kid under the bus or anything, but um, their name starts with a J. (laughs) And uh, this child called me. And they said, hey, mom, and asked me whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was, honestly. But the reason why I remember this is because in order to answer their question, I had to physically be home. And the other problem was that their father was downstairs. I said, I don't know. Go ask your dad, he's in the basement telling you, they say that women speak, truly, they've done research on this. Women speak several thousand more words a day than men. And I believe that this would be why. We not only have to repeat everything we say, but we must explain it in great excruciating detail. And I have a video that I want to show you to explain it. What's something you didn't realize was gonna consume so much of your time as an adult? It's in the fridge on the top shelf in the middle with the blue lid next to the one with the green lid. Nope, that's the second shelf and that's a green lid. Top shelf. It's on your nightstand. It's in the cabinet to the left of the fridge. In the drunk drawer in a Ziploc bag behind the box with the batteries. Did you check your sock drawer for the socks? Okay, I, I would check there first. It's on the table by the couch where you sit behind your pile of coke cans. In the door of the the door, the door of the fridge, second shelf. Nope, that's the top shelf. Second shelf next to the mustard. The mustard, next to the yep, right there. You left it in the bathroom by the sink. I mean, seriously, moms, can you relate? If somebody moves the ketchup an inch to the right, we notice, because we know where everything is at. We just do. We just know. Well, I'm going to share with you, because I was blessed to be a stay-at-home mom with our children um, for 15-plus years. Um, I'm going to share with you a day in the life of a stay-at-home mom and what it may look like. Now, if you're a working mom, your day might look a little bit different, but you're going to completely get it because you're just as busy as I was. So here we go. A day in the life of me as a stay-at-home mom may look something like this. Get woken up at 4 a.m. by a crying child. This would be Jelissa. It did not matter whether you put her to bed at 7 p.m. or 11 p.m. She was up nice and early for you. (laughs) Sit and watch cartoons with that child. Start the coffee pot. Empty the dishwasher. Get all the other kids up for school. Make everybody breakfast. Help them get dressed. Make their beds. Brush their teeth. Find the missing shoes and backpacks. Break up at least three fights among the children. Make sure to grab all their lunches you made the night before and get out the door in time to make it to school drop-off all before 8 a.m. Wait in the school line. Try not to get road rage. Rush home to pick up the mess from the morning routine. Clean the toilets. Feed the dog. Take out the trash. Start the first of four loads of laundry. Wash the dishes from breakfast. Iron. Get dinner in the crock pot. Continue to change over the laundry. Clean up after the toddler. Jace. At least 50 times throughout the day, change multiple diapers, try to fit a shower in alone. <laughs> That's a trick. When you got multiple children, you either have the little fingers under the door, or when my kids were really little, I would have to put one baby in the bouncer, another one in a saucer, because Julissa was two and Jace was a baby, and if I let them out, they'd kill each other. And then Jordan just ran around the house, and I pray she didn't start a fire or something. Make your husband lunch when he comes home, clean the lunch mess up, lay the youngest child down for a nap, vacuum out the van, switch over the laundry again, fold the clothes that are finished and put them away, get the coffee pot cleaned and filled back up for the next morning, water the plants, write a quick letter to a friend who is having a birthday, address it, stamp it, set it by the front door so that you don't forget to mail it the next morning. At this point, you can now start your grocery list. Get lunches packed for the next day, call and set up dentist appointments for the kids, fill out the paperwork that is needed for a school field trip coming up, answer emails, wake up the napping child, change their diaper, and rush back to the school to pick up the older kids. At this point in my day, this is what I always called the after school crazies, because we had four children and our younger three are biological, our oldest one is adopted, and they were all two years apart. So you know there was always an argument in the car about who's going to tell mom about their day first, right? And then you would get home, and they would all need help with homework at the same time. And you're one person. It was crazy. Help them with homework, get them a snack, clean up the snack, start the salad to go with dinner, and make sure it's on the table and ready for your wonderful husband by 5.30 p.m. Bathe the children, lay out everybody's clothes for the day, help them pick up the toys, pray with the kids and get them to bed by 8 p.m., fingers crossed. Wash your face, put on your pajamas, finish up the last load or two of laundry that you have worked on all day long, respond to text messages that have piled up, go into the kitchen and do any remaining dishes from the evening, wipe down the countertops, turn on the kitchen nightlight, check on all the kids, lock the door for the evening. And finally, it is time for bed. You are exhausted, and you have been touched by little kids all day long and answered the cry of mom too many times to count. At this point, your husband looks to you and says, Hey, baby. <laughs> and my response is, you touch me and you die. <laughs> Mommin' ain't easy is what I'm calling my message today. Lord, I just pray that you would use me as your vessel this morning. God, through my nerves, I know that you can still use me, and that you would be able to change lives, that these truths that I'm going to share with the moms today, wouldn't only, um, they wouldn't just be hearers of it, but doers of it. And We thank you for your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, mom, it ain't easy. I mean, that is an understatement. Seriously, mom, God bless you for all that you do. You really are the glue that holds everything together. And I have teased my husband before and said, Babe, I feel like today I used a glue stick instead of Gorilla Glue because everything is falling apart. I'm just having fun with you this morning. As hard as it is to be a mom, which I believe is the hardest job, yet most rewarding job in the world. Can't even look at my kids when I say that. There are a lot of good times as a parent, too. Like when they're all sleeping. Or they're all in school or at grandma and grandpa's for the weekend. No, seriously, I do love my kids. And I would not have chosen to do anything else but raise them. I have raised my best friends. And if you haven't gotten to know the Miller kids, you should. Because they're pretty cool kids. Man. Can I just say, some days, we feel like we're nailing it as a parent. Like, you look at your kids and like, man, I have good-looking kids. Like, they're awesome. They're rocking this whole school thing. They're getting A's. They're great. And then other days, you're like, dear Lord, I can't believe God gave me children. Like, what was he thinking? Well, let me enlighten you this morning, moms. It's okay to not have it together all the time. It's all right. It's okay if you're, like, spanking your kids in the car as you're walking into church, right? You're like, let's go learn about Jesus. Get out of the car. <laughs> Been there. It's okay if your makeup's not always done, your hair is not always done. I don't roll out of bed looking like this, I promise you. Matt's probably like, oh, my gosh, what did I marry? It's okay. It's all right if you have a little bit of jelly stuck on your kitchen counter. It's okay if you have a french fry underneath the seat in your vehicle it's okay it's all right your kids don't need perfection they just need you to show up every day so if you showed up today as a mom you're doing great give yourself a pat on the back and if you're worried that you're messing your kids up which i promise you every mom in the room like i said will be like yep been there like, I have no clue what I'm doing day by day. And, and my oldest is 20. I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but that just says that you care enough to even think that. So again, good job, Mom. A lot of times people say, and I even find myself saying it too, is that kids don't come with a manual. And you know, there is some truth to that. But I can tell you that as Christian women and Christ followers... I do believe that we have a manual to live by. And that manual is called the Bible. And I'm going to share with you today four biblical nuggets that I feel like God really put on my heart to share with you moms today. Because we are raising our kids in a different world today than the world that we grew up in. However, the really cool thing that you'll notice is these four biblical nuggets that God shared with me to give you today were applicable Hundreds of years ago as well. So let's get started. Nugget number one: Be a mom of prayer. Philippians four six says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God." First Thessalonians five seventeen says, "Pray without ceasing." Ceasing means to bring to or come to an end. So the scripture is telling you, never stop praying. Luke eleven nine. 9, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Psalm 5, 3, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and I wait expectantly. As a parent, we need to ask God for wisdom and guidance daily. The minute I knew I was pregnant, I started praying for my children. I would pray things like, God, I pray that they will be healthy. I pray for your hedge of protection around them. I pled the blood of Jesus over them. I would even pray for their future spouse. I pray, God, that you would give them a spouse that would bring them closer to you and not further from you. In our home before bed, we would always come together, read a book, ask for prayer requests, pray. This does three things. First, it teaches them how to pray. If we don't show our kids from a young age, it won't be taught anywhere else. It is our job's mom as Christ followers, not the church's job. That should just be a bonus, right? It starts at home. You need to teach your children how to pray. The second thing it does is it teaches them to whom we need to give thanks as well as asking God for things when life gets hard. A lot of times their prayer requests weren't even for themselves, but for friends at school. Or when it was for themselves, it was so cute. God, help me on my test. It was adorable. When my kids face trials today, they still know they can come to mom and ask me to pray for them. And the last thing it does is it lays down a foundation for them and gives them an example of how to have a relationship with Jesus. Again, we are the examples moms. Our kids can't be saved by our faith. They will reach an age that they must make their own decision. So it is important to teach them that prayer is about a relationship with their Savior Jesus Christ. I remember years ago, I was talking with one of my pastor's wives about struggling to find time to read um, my Bible because we all know as a mom, your kids can be off in a room for hours, right? Doing whatever. And the minute you get busy, it's like they have this little bell that goes off and they're like, oh, mom's doing something important. Mom! Right? Like, are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. So I told her, I said, you know what, I have outsmarted these little burgers. I quit doing my devotions when they were up, and I would wait until they were napping, and then I would do them. And this was a woman that was a pastor's wife and had four young children that were all about two years apart, just like my children. And these kids were very well behaved. So any time that she would give me wisdom or advice, I would tuck that in my pocket and know that I would eventually use it someday. She said, you know what, that is wonderful that you are still finding the time to get your devotions in. She said, but can I give you a little bit of advice? And again, I was like, yes please. She said, even if you're not getting anything out of it, you still need to do it in front of the kids, and then if you don't get anything out of it, do it again when they're napping. She said, this way, they see that mom is putting God as a priority in her life. And I thought, wow, what wisdom. So I did. I would read my Bible when the kids were up, and if I didn't get anything out of it, I would redo it again later when they were sleeping. Again, if we don't teach our children to pray and read God's word, who will? We are the first example to our children. Church, like I said, is a bonus. They should start with it at home. I knew praying was important, but I don't think I truly grasped it until one day God opened my eyes to the fact that he was really listening. We lived in Colorado at the time, and um, we had a, a garage that was attached to the house, but you couldn't get to it from inside the house, so you had to go outside. And when it was cold there, I would leave the kids in the house and I would run outside real quick and I would pull the van out of the garage. Yes, I had a minivan and it was the best thing ever because I had three car seats and both sides opened and it was awesome. It was like my cool loser cruiser, right? And so I would leave the kids in the house and I would go heat up the van and then run back inside and bundle them all up so by the time that they got outside, it would be warm in the car. Well, I did this all the time. It wasn't uncommon for me to do this but this day was a little bit different. I went outside, left the kids in the house, ran out, turned on the van, put it in reverse, and went to take my foot off the brake pedal to roll the van out. And I heard a voice that said, do not move the van. And I was like, well, that's weird. So I kind of looked around the garage, checked my mirror to my right, my rear view mirror, my mirror to my left, didn't see anything. So I went to take my foot off the brake again, and again, I heard the voice. This time it was very strong. And it said, Do not move your van. I looked around the garage and didn't see anything. Checked my mirror to my right, my rearview mirror, my mirror to my left. And as quickly as it was there, it was gone. It was a little hand. <laughs> Sorry. I got out of my van. And there was Julissa, three years old, standing smack dab behind my van. Had I not listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit that day, she may not be here. I knew at that point that God was truly watching over my children. How many times do we not know when God is protecting our kids from something we didn't even knew he was? I mean, that day he showed me he's protecting my children. But I know there has been instances and circumstances that I had no clue that his angels were hovered over them. God is real. And praying for our kids isn't just something we should do, but something we need to do. God is hears your prayers mom nugget number two be a mom of vision or faith this is one of my favorites Isaiah 55:11 says so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed for thi- in the thing in which I sent it 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith and not by sight. Mark eleven twenty three 23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. We not only need to be praying for our kids but we need to speak out loud faith and vision over them. We have the opportunity as moms to dream big for your kids. We serve a God of promises, and we need to speak things into existence for our children and their future. When they're little, they're too small to start out with big faith and vision of their own. So we as their moms, God places you in their life to do that for them. Romans 4.17 says, as it is written, I have made you the father or mother, right, of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, now catch this, and calls into existence. Are you hearing me? Calls into existence the things that do not Exist. God, I thank you that my kids are going to do mighty things for your kingdom. God, I thank you that they're going to be kingdom shakers for you. God, I thank you that even now you're preparing the spouse you have for them. God, I thank you that they will be successful. God, I thank you that they will follow in your footsteps. Learn to dream big for your kids. Yeah, I have told my kids, if they want something, write it down. This way, when God answers their prayer, it does what? It builds their faith. I have had them all make a list of what they're looking for in a future spouse and pray for it. Be specific. God can handle it. Jace, if you want a blondie, you better write that down. (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you, it's the details. God cares about the details. Sometimes our kids make choices that we might not like. But it is our job to speak over them what we see in them, and call out, are you hearing me? Call out what God says about them, even when they're making bad choices. Any of you moms of teenagers in the room, you know what I'm talking about. This is important at this age. If your child is making a poor choice, do we say, well, I guess you're never going to survive. You're always going to do what you're doing. I mean, you can lay in defeat if you want but I'm not going to let the devil win. Those are my kids. Those are God's kids. I'm going to start speaking vision and faith and life over them and in them and call into existence the things that do not exist. Nugget number three is be a mom of encouragement. I could give tons of scriptures on this, but I have limited to, to just a few. Ephesians 4:29 says, "Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear it." Proverbs 18:21: "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits." Matthew 12, 36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Sometimes it can be easier to be kind and speak encouraging to those around us, whether it's at church, workplace, maybe your friends, sometimes even to strangers. I mean, seriously, though, how many times Do we compliment strangers on their outfit or their hair? I mean, we can be in a women's bathroom, see a lady with great shoes on that we've never met a day in our life, and we tell her that we love them. But when it comes to those closest to us, like our children, we fall short. We should be just as quick to tell our daughter that her hair is beautiful that day, or our son that you think he's smart, whatever it is. Or what about this one, our attitude with others is great, but when we get home, we're grumpy with our family. We tend to think that we can let our hair down, so to speak, which, I mean, you can, but not when it changes the atmosphere of your home. You've heard the saying, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, right? And as funny as that is, it is so True, we have the power to shift the atmosphere in our homes, whether good or bad. Moms, it is our job to keep our home environment a safe place for your children. I mean, they go out in the real world and they get beat up. Life is hard, especially when they start school. They should have a place that they can come home to to feel safe, a place that they can come home to to feel encouraged. And to be able to share their feelings in a positive way and get supportive, Bible-based, biblical, are you hearing me? Feedback. What does God say about them? Starting from a small age, we encourage them, right? I mean, when they're about a year old, they start learning how to walk. So we get down on their level, right? Pick up their little chubby hands and get them balanced. Come on, sweetie, you can do it. Come see mommy, just one step. And when they fall down, we say, Well, I guess you're never gonna learn to walk. (laughs) No, of course not. We get back down on their level, pick them up by their chubby little hands and get them balanced and back up. Come on, sweetie, you can do it. Come see mommy. We're their biggest cheerleader, right? I mean, this shouldn't change the older they get. Our kids need us to tell them how awesome they are and tell them that we are proud of them and that we believe in them. There is power in your tongue, mom, just like Proverbs 18.21 said. Our words can give our kids labels that will either build them up or tear them down. And I don't know about you, but I want my kids to know what God says about them. I want them to carry around labels like you're smart, you're loved, you're strong, you're beautiful, you have a giving heart, you are a son or a daughter of the king of kings. Be encouraging to your children. Give them labels that make them stand tall and not doubt how awesome they are. They should know who they are in Christ and walk around confident in that because they're receiving it starting from home it really goes back to the old saying if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all and the last nugget that i'm giving you today which i believe is the hardest nugget for moms um, is be a mom of rest this one is hard for us ladies It is so important as moms that we take care of ourselves. We are so busy all the time making sure that everybody else has what they need that we end up burning ourselves out. They say a mom's job is never done, and that is so true. There's always something we can be doing We think we need to go, go, go all the time to keep our homes running, and in doing so, we end up exhausting ourselves. When we get tired, we then are not able to be that mom of prayer, that mom of faith and vision, or a mom of encouragement. Because to be honest, you can barely pull yourself out of bed in the morning. You're exhausted, you're tired, you're depressed. You know, the Bible talks a lot about times of rest And it starts in the very beginning when Jesus rested on the seventh day of creation. In Genesis 2.2, it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. We cannot possibly pour into others when we ourselves are not poured into. You say, well, that's great, Kyla, but I got five little rugrats at home. How in the world do you want me to find time to rest? Well, Matthew 11:28 through 30 says, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden." is light. First and foremost, mom, go to Jesus. Spend that alone time with him and find the true rest that you need. There is something about resting in Jesus' arms that bring such a peace. Put on worship music, lift up your hands, ask him for peace and comfort. I tell women all the time, I don't know how people get through life without Jesus because I need him every day, especially as a mom. I mean, I love my kids and I'll do everything I can for them, but I know without God, I would just blow it. You need him. That's where you're going to find your true rest is in him. But it's also important to physically find time to get away. Find that solitary place, gather with your girlfriends, go to the nail salon, go for a walk in the park, find a coffee shop or library to read at, go to the gym, whatever it is that you find to physically get away and something that you enjoy doing. We can't possibly be all that our kids and husbands need us to be when we are on burnout all the time. When we take the time to invest into ourselves, which is what it is, right? Investing time into yourself We are better moms because we're not running on empty anymore. We find rest, and then we can continue to pour back into our families. When we were newly married, I felt like I was pregnant or nursing a baby for the first five years straight, and that is because I was. I mean, gosh, didn't it give me a break? Sheesh. We got married three months after I turned 18, I was still a senior in high school. Within the first five years of our marriage, we had three live births, three miscarriages, one adoption, we went into full-time ministry and moved 10 and a half hours away from family. So it was super important for me to find ways to rest. My children are still alive today, so clearly I have found time to rest. You're welcome. Matt and I didn't have a lot of money at the time, and if you ask him today, he'll tell you that we still don't. <laughs> but we would budget every week, This was especially when our kids were little. We still do to this day, but when our kids were little, we would budget every week for a date. Sometimes we could afford to do dinner and a movie, and other times after paying the babysitter for the Rugrats, we only had enough money left for 50-cent cones for McDonald's and a walk in the park, But we made sure that I was able to find time to get away from the kids. And I did daycare for a few kids so that I could afford to go to the nail salon every couple weeks because it was something that got me out of the house and something I enjoyed. Whatever way you find to take a break, mom, do it. Even if you have to lock yourself in the bathroom, get in a bubble bath, put in your earphones, and eat a pint of ice cream, okay? Whatever you gotta do, it is okay to rest. As your pastor's wife, I am telling you, you need to find time to rest. It is so important. Leave the dishes and laundry there and just go. And those of you that know me know that this is hard for me to do. I mean, I thought that the world was gonna blow up if I had a dish in the sink, okay? I'm very OCD about my house, my car, everything. It's all got to be clean all the time. So I'm telling you, if I did it, you can do it, okay? The dishes and laundry, they'll eventually get done, okay? If Jesus comes back before then, then the Antichrist can have them. That's cool, too. (laughs) He can have all the dirty clothes, all the dirty dishes. Again, your kids need you to take time to rest. Maybe you're in here this morning... And you're thinking, man, you know what? My kids are grown and I, I missed it. I wasn't these things as a mom. Well, it's a good thing we're not looking in that rearview mirror, right? That's not the direction we're headed. And if Jesus wanted you to look behind you all the time, he would have put eyes in the back of your head, not the front. You can't change the past. But I can tell you, I have two adult children now. And it is never too late. I don't care how old my kids get. Gosh. I'll always be praying for them. I'll always speak vision and life over them. And I will always be encouraging to them. Maybe you still have kids at home and you're this mom I'm explaining, you're exhausted and you think you've missed it. I have totally not been encouraging my kids, I said something I shouldn't have, spoke something over them I didn't mean. If every mom online and in this room this morning was honest, we have all been there, right? We've all been there, we're not perfect parents. When we mess up, to me it's just a great time to go to my kid and say, you know what? Mom screwed up. I didn't handle myself the way that I should have. I will try to do better next time will you please forgive me be the example to your children of how to act when we do step out of line because they need that example too of being humble and asking us for forgiveness and I can tell you to this day my children have stepped out of line as well and I now get those text messages mom I'm sorry Will you forgive me? They start learning that from home. It's okay to mess up. We're not perfect parents. Again, our kids don't need us to be perfect. They just need you to show up every day and do your best. Momming ain't easy. But let's all remember to be a mom of prayer, a mom of vision and faith, a mom of encouragement and a mom who loves herself and her kids enough to take time to rest so you can keep putting in the hard work, especially when they're testing your patience because they will. If not when they're little, when they get teenagers, they'll do it. They will. Trust me. To all the new moms in the room and watching online today, thank you for your hard work. To all the moms of grown children, thank you for your hard work. To all the single moms, thank you for your hard work. To all the married moms, thank you for your hard work. To all the stay-at-home moms, thank you for your hard work. To all the working moms, thank you for your hard work. To all the foster moms, thank you for your hard work. To all the women who have had to step into the role of a mom for somebody who needed it, thank you for your hard work. To my mom, if you're watching online today, I love you and thank you for your hard work. Happy Mother's Day, ladies. Oh, great job, honey. Isn't she a gem? She's a gem.